Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you're going to have everything from tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. You're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape or form, feel free to go to xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. If you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one or mentoring you one-on-one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15 minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. All right, guys. Hey, Feroz Devecha here, success coach at High Impact Coaching. And I'm here with Sarah Vialva. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm feeling good. You're already busting out the dance moves. I love it. I, I know. See, I was we like, did oh. not, we did not talk about this, guys. These are just impromptu dance moves. And so quick little blurb about Sarah here. So Sarah is a professional musician as well as a grief recovery coach. And she has an amazing, amazing story. Sarah, it's been crazy to just see your growth and ups and downs the last couple months. So really excited to get into that today. Yeah, I I appreciate the opportunity. And I just hope that with whatever I can share about my journey, that it can be used as inspiration, encouragement for whoever ends up uh, watching, listening. So that's the goal. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get right into it. So pre, I always like to start pre-coaching, which is crazy. You did stuff before a coach. Oh my God. Tell us about it. What did you do before being a coach? So uh, at as you you shared, which thank you for that little intro, appreciate it. Uh, yes. So uh, before coaching even came into my life, I was and I still am working as a professional musician. Uh, granted, pre-COVID, I was doing sessions, playing in fifty million different types of bands, <laughs> and and then actually I actually got this great touring opportunity with this Persian band, beginning of twenty twenty, and just when we were starting to we were going to head to Europe. Then the shutdown happened and it was like, no. And I thought, oh man, this sucks. My dream is coming true. Now it's getting shut down, but it ended up being this kind of gift in, in disguise because it, that's kind of what led me into looking into the coaching avenue, actually. Yeah. So what, So still, before we get into coaching, so you're about to go tour in Europe, which that's amazing. That's I remember you telling me about that. And you know, when that didn't work out, like walk me through that a little bit. What was your, where was your head at, at that point? Man, well, to, to, to be honest with you, there were already so many things that were going on, uh, even before getting this touring opportunity. Uh, I had my favorite person on this planet. It was, was, and will always will be my, my father. And he had actually passed, actually, it'll be two years, July 15th. Uh, so he passed July 15th of 2019. 
And then my stepfather passed three months later. So needless to say, 2019 was pretty tough. And so me getting this touring opportunity almost felt like this, this breath of fresh air, this thing that I needed just to kind of feel like my, my life wasn't coming to an end, so to speak. And I know that can sound really dramatic, but <laughs> at that time, yeah. I just felt like my world had crashed and crumbled because two of my favorite people had passed away in a very short period of time. And so I thought, okay, this is great. This is awesome. I'm going to do this tour and I'm living out my dream. Oh, and then the shutdown happened. And I thought, really? Like, really, universe? Come on. It's like, throw me a bone here. It's like, I just went through all this nonsense. And now this, now my dream is getting taken away from me. So it just felt like loss after loss after loss. And I just kept thinking, okay, I got to recover from this time. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I remember sitting there once the shutdown happened, just thinking, what the heck am I going to do? Like, I got to do something. I can't just sit and just wait for life to happen because who knows when music's going to come back. Because for those of you out there who are in the entertainment industry, you all can relate. Like, we all got fired. <laughs> we, yeah. we got fired. <laughs> so that was it. We didn't have a, ch a choice in that. They were like, COVID, like, sorry. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. So I was like, well, damn, okay, well, I got to do something. And I, funny enough, I mean, I was scrolling through a bunch of social media stuff and I don't know, all of a sudden I just thought about coaching. It just kind of fell into my lap through that. And it was scary. I thought I've never done anything like this before. This is totally different than music. You're getting even deeper with people. What's the training that's involved? There were so many questions. So there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty, fears. I'm like, money how am I going to pay my bills what am I going to do and also I mean in the midst of all that as well I was also going through a, a divorce as well so just it was just madness it was crazy there were so many things just going on that I I felt like I was being pulled in so many different directions okay so there's a lot of stuff going on right there's 2019 you're you had you know the passing of two of the most important people in your life that music was pulled away from you and you know, you're going through divorce to say that you had a lot going on your plate <laughs> is an understatement. Yeah. And you know, why of all of this stuff, I just want to ask, was coaching ever, was that in your mind? Did you think about that? Or did this just kind of pop out or manifest out of nowhere? It, it kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, I, I just like, like I said, I was just scrolling through a bunch of social media and I just started seeing all, I started following these therapists and podcasts, psychologists, that kind of stuff. And I started thinking about like, you know, what can I do moving forward, not knowing if, if and when music's gonna come back. And I had always been told throughout most of my life that I was always a great listener, that I was very observant and attentive and that people always felt comfortable coming to me and talking to me. And sometimes I'd have random people, I'd be on a bus stop or something, I'd have random people just open up about their life. And I would just think, that's nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing. I, appreciate that. It. I don't, uh, I don't know where to go from here, but I just thought about that. And I thought, you know what? I feel like I'd be a good coach. Why not give it a try? Why not? Why not look into it? See what it's about. Okay. So you're, you're dipping your toe in here and, and tell me now you're, you're, are you in the coaching world yet? Or are you dipping your toe in it? Tell me about that transition. So I, um, I had looked into different types of institutes or, or coaching programs, all this stuff. And initially I thought, you know what, I'm, 
especially after having gone through all that stuff with my dads, because uh, they they passed um, from cancers, kind of cancer complications. So I had initially been very passionate about wanting to be in some type of health field in regards to just bodily health, emotional health, that kind of a thing. So I thought, let me look into programs that involve nutrition and fitness or, or something like that, just taking care of your body, because I related that to my dad's. And so I started looking into those programs. I had tried this one particular program and I, it was okay. It just didn't really, it didn't speak to me as much as I thought it was going to. And, and then it wasn't until really, I think someone from like HIC actually messaged me on Instagram or something. And I'm going to, well, transparency, I ignored y'all for a little bit. <laughs> of course, the art is in the follow-up here. Come on. I, I know. I know. Right. I, I was like, okay. I'm like, I already know where this is going. I, whatever. But then, you know, you guys were persistent. So I was like, okay, you know what, what the heck? I remember getting on a call and I just thought, well, let me see what this is about. And then it wasn't until I was really working with you guys where that's when I discovered that being in this grief space, working as a grief coach, that's what was really speaking to me. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, again, this is why I asked that first question that like coaching wasn't even in your realm. It wasn't in your mind. It wasn't something you're like, oh, you know, you were going to do this. And so from that time of, you know, let's say 2019, going through all that stuff with your dads and your, you know, your music career, not panning out COVID slapping you and saying, no, not going to happen to you, you know, let's say introducing to coaching, introducing us, how, what was that time span roughly? Oh man. I mean, that was probably, okay. Well, from, from the shutdown to me really diving deep into coaching, I would say that was only about a month or two. So I'm going to say May of 2020 is when I really started getting serious about coaching. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's only, it's, what, it's only been a little over a year. Yeah. Crazy, crazy to me that it's been yeah. only You, that's crazy to me. I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be a musician the rest of my life. I mean, I still am, but I mean, I've, I've come to love this so much that now it's, it's like my, my, my dream has changed. I mean, yeah, the touring thing is cool. I'd love to do that, but doing one-on-one -on -one stuff and really diving in deep with people and helping people through certain parts of their life, that's become such a passion of mine. Awesome. So I want to, a weird question, but I just want to ask you, like, do you see any, any parallels between performance and coaching or is there any, like, is there any part of your brain that's tickled the same way? I'm just curious. <laughs> yes. And it's funny because people who have worked with me and who work with me, they, they kind of ask me like, huh, like, how did that work? And was that a weird transition? And you know what? Initially, I thought it, I didn't think there were any parallels, but now that I look at it, music in and of itself has such healing properties. It's just mm -hmm. demonstrated in a different way. Um, and coaching, I feel like definitely has healing properties. And so I didn't feel like it was really that difficult of a transition. If anything, I feel like now being in the coaching world, I feel like I can get even more in depth with people and really get to know people on a deeper level, which whereas with music, you're on tours, you're only in one city for that show and then you immediately have to get on a plane and fly. So you don't really get a chance to get in depth and get to yeah. know people on a deeper level. They feel connected to you because of the music that you're performing. And there's that spiritual, emotional connection there. But for me, I, I like diving in deep with people. So it didn't feel like it was that 
weird of a transition. Okay. I love that. So like you said, like music, it's, it's all, it's the universal language, right? So you're connecting people, but it's not, it's not the same depth as coaching. And I, I totally feel that. My opinion, in my opinion. No, I, I, I totally see that. And so I still want to ask though, is there anything that this, I don't know why I keep poking at this, but I feel like there's something here or maybe there's not. Is there anything that you just learned from music that you brought over to coaching? Or is there anything that like a skill or just, you know, anything that just came over and you're like, oh my God, I never thought this could be, you know, integrated into this. And that's a tough question. So if not, that's totally fine too. Actually, I, 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 I appreciate that question. The, the main thing that comes to mind when thinking about that is with music, it's amazing how people from different walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, social backgrounds, economic backgrounds, they all can relate to each other and come together because of this one artist or this one song. And all of a sudden you who in, in America, you meet someone from Russia and you meet someone from Tahiti and you guys suddenly have this connection and you can relate and you can talk to each other and you don't feel so alone. And I feel like I've been able to use that and, and integrate that concept into my coaching, especially when it comes to grief coaching, because in the grief space, it, it, there's a similarity there where yeah. people can be from all different backgrounds, different countries, but we're all going to go through this particular experience. And it's just nice knowing that we can all come together and we're not alone in that and that there's people out there that care and that we can all relate on some level to that. So I, I feel like I've been able to integrate that, like use that and bring that into my coaching. I love that. I love that. That was a great answer to a, to a tough question. <laughs> so I love that answer. And I mean, you can see that, right? Even in our groups, like even in HIC, there's so many different people coming together and you're like, you know, you just meet this fabric of amazing people and amazing coaches. And so I do want to, I want to kind of switch topics a little bit or not switch topics, but ask you, you know, as you were starting this coaching career, so as you were getting into this, what did you, what did you find was like the most difficult part for you? Oh man, <laughs> the most difficult part was probably reaching out because, okay, so fun fact, <laughs> maybe other entertainers that are listening and can relate. So many people who are not in the entertainment business think that we as the entertainers, we're all extroverts and we all love to party and do this and all that. I am definitely not that. I, it's, like, it's like you put on this other alter ego to go out on stage and you're like communicating and getting to know people and you're like, yeah, come to this, do this. But then as soon as you're off the stage, at least for me, I'm like, all right, peace out. I'm going to my, my PJs, snacking and don't, don't bother me. I, so are you telling me you're an introvert? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Honestly, I, I think so. I think so. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is just because one of the hardest things that I, I found just starting this coaching thing was when I was told, well, you gotta, you gotta reach out to people. You gotta get out of your comfort zone and send the messages, try to make the calls, do all that. I'm like, well, but no, <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to do that because I'm used to people coming to me. They're coming to my shows. I'm not, I mean, of course I invite people, but most of the time they come to me. So I was like, oh, so I gotta go to them. Uh, what? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, I have to grab onto this for a second. This is, this yeah. is a really powerful lesson and you've yeah. gone through that. I'd love you to talk about this a little more, but so many coaches, they come in and they're like, Oh, I'm going to build this ship. And then they're going to come to me. 
And, you know, I'm going to build this amazing product. I'm not going to have to talk to anybody. They're just going to know that I'm amazing. And that's, you know, that's all that's going to happen. And the truth is, you know, this now you're amazing at opening conversations and follow-ups. Now you love them and would love to talk to you about that a little bit later as well. But, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there. So how did you, how did you overcome that, that struggle that need to, uh, I want to sit on the couch and not talk to people. Uh, in full transparency, it took me a few months. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I'm not about to sit here and say in two weeks. Yeah, no, no, that no. <laughs> it, it took me a few months just because again, I was so programmed to, to believe that like, no, people will come to me because that's what I was used to just due to my occupation. And so what I ended up doing and I, and I would like to, and I, I want to say thank you to you and just the team here at HIC is honestly, trying to figure out why I went and came into this in the first place was a big part of what helped break me through that. And it was figuring out my why, like what was my big motivating factor? And of course, initially it was, well, because I need income and I was just fired by COVID and I need something to do and let's try this. But as I got deeper into this coaching realm, and especially once I discovered that the grief space was where I wanted to be, I discovered that my why was like, you know what? I remember how devastated I felt when my father's passed. I remember just the pain and just the guilt, the shame, embarrassment, the numbness, the shock, everything, the feeling like, what is the point of life anymore? And I remembered what it felt like to feel like that on a daily basis. And I remember thinking, God, it took everything and anything underneath the sun to get me out of that. And I know that if I'm someone who struggled with that, there are other people out there who struggle with that too. And that's not a life worth living. And that ended up becoming that catalyst, like that foundation for me to go out and just reach people. Cause I thought, you know what? I don't want anyone else to live their life thinking that life isn't worth living and that there's nothing else out there because there's always something. And that was honestly the foundation where that started. And then thankfully, because of you also giving me some tough love <laughs> and other people in the program, you know, as well as some friends and family that started to grow and grow and grow. And that's, that's even why I have my dad's pictures back there and his medals. And I use that as inspiration. I use that as my why to, and I, that's, what's helped me really reach out and talk to people. Cause I'm like, you know what? I care too much about these people to have them stay in that darkness. I think that that's such a powerful thing. And I, I love what you said about, you know, this didn't happen in two weeks. Like I, I want, you know, really want to touch that people. And this is a continuous thing. You know, Sarah's going to keep getting better at this, that it's when you shift your mindset guys away from yourself and you really put it on other people, that's where the change happens. And we talk about this all the time, but it's, it is hard because at first, you know, you've gone through this, I've gone through this. Pretty much everybody has to go through this where they're, they're thinking about themselves and they're being selfish and I'm being selfish and you're being selfish and not in a, not in a selfish way, but it's fear or it's, you know, the thing like, what if, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I hurt somebody? What if I you're just coming from that place of fear versus when you can flip that switch. And I know it sounds cheesy, but come from a place of love when you can really genuinely come from that place of I'm doing this to help the other person. And, you know, I, it, like you said, it's that deep, deep why that you connect with it's powerful. It lets you cut through the bullshit, lets you cut through 
that voice in your head that's like, oh, I don't know exactly what to say, or, you know, is this message going to offend somebody? And so, you know, you, you've gone through a lot. So roughly, let's say, how many people are you, okay, so there was a point where I know you weren't sending messages to people. I'm going to be honest now. I know you went through Yeah, go for it. Right? Yeah. And so now how many messages are you sending to people regularly? I mean, on a weekly basis, it's probably anywhere from 40 to 50 reach outs that I do through, whether it's through DMs on Facebook or Instagram or emails or whatever, or whatever the case is, phone calls, texts. And, and I try to do the follow-ups and everything. And, and now it's, it's, it's exactly like what you said. Now I'm at a point where that little voice starts to come in, which is normal. That's going to happen. Yep you know, and says, well, but what if we say this now at this point in my life, I'm like, you know what? And so what, if they have a problem with this, then that means they're not ready. They're not ready to hear the truth because I remember, thank God for my friend who gave me the truth. I may not have liked it at the time, but if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. And so I like to look at it from that standpoint of, I'm going to give you some tough love. I'm still going to have compassion and empathy, but no, I'm reaching out to you. And if you get offended, I'm sorry, but it's, I'm just being honest with you. This is what's going to happen if you stay where you're at, because I was there, I was there and thank God I'm out. And so that's why I'll, I'll do more of these reach outs now. Cause I just think, man, I remember the Sarah from two years ago. I don't want anyone to ever be in that position or stay in that longer than, ha- than they have to. So I, I, if you don't want to share, you don't have to, or if you want to paraphrase, but what did your friend say to you when you said she, you know, she gave you the truth? Like, what was that, that truth bomb that was like, Oh, you know, you can't run away from that. Oh man. I I love her. She's, she, she said something along the lines of you can't die with the person. And right now, everything that you're doing is making it look like you're trying to die with that person. I know how much you loved your dad's but you can't die with them. You just can't. And I remember at first being really offended. I was like, well, F you. <laughs> Cause I was like upset. Mm-hmm. Then it, it just, it really hit home to me because I thought, you know what? Yeah, she's right though. I can't, I can't, I can't as much as I might want to, I can't. And it's, and she gave me this deeper understanding of like knowing you are still here for a reason you are changing people's lives even when you don't even realize what that you are just by being present being here in in your existence and it's like that's a gift and with your dad's having gifted you this gift of life use that gift and right now you're wasting it like yes there's a time for mourning and grieving yes of course but you can't stay there forever and she's like use that gift like you're living like live help other people live and it, i don't know it was just something about that that just kind of got me it started to get me out of that funk yeah and this is you know this is important for for coaches for this is important for really the two pieces of the business that are the most important which is sales and coaching which is when you're having a consultation like being willing to have that real conversation and hold that real space and go into their prison with them and, you know, not like call out their bullshit in a way and say like, Hey, this is not going to change by itself. And your friend was able to do that. And then on the coaching front as well as being able to do the same thing, like give people that tough love when they need it coming from that place of love. So friend, whoever you are, thank you so much for, for doing what you did for Sarah. <laughs> and so 
you know, let's, let's forward fast forward a little bit up to now. So now you're doing awesome. You had an amazing last month. How many people are you working with this past month? I think seven, eight people. And so I'm, I'm actually now at a point where I'm having to put people on wait lists. Cause yeah, it is but cool. good problem to have. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And so now what's your, I'd say, what's your biggest problem now? Is it the wait list? Is it, you don't have enough time? Like what's your next biggest problem? I, I think it's, yeah, just, just time. How do I manage my time? Well, how do I continue to help more people while still making time for myself? Because I, I do, and this is something I'm still working through. I do sometimes tend to give so much of myself to my clients that by the end of my, my session day, I'm just, I'm dead in the water. Like there's, yeah, there's no energy or anything left for Sarah. So, so right now I, I'd say my biggest concern or struggle moving forward is just going to be managing my time well and figuring out how to maybe be a little bit more efficient and, and kind of figure out that whole infrastructure, what that looks like. Okay. I love that time and energy, right? Those are the, the two most important things. And so I do want to actually backtrack for a second. So when you started this whole journey at HIC, what was your goal? You remember what your goal was? Uh, so I think my, my initial goal, are we talking monetary? Or are we talking overall? Or what are we talking let's, about? Let's do both. So let's do monetary and however you want to take that. So monetarily speaking, I was like, okay, my goal with HIC is to make 10K, like 10K a month by the end of the year or, you know, within a year's time, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, um, monthly. And then overall, my goal was, okay, I, I want to change, I want to change people's lives. I want to help them work through, work through their grief and just help them find fulfillment and happiness again. And so that was, that was my overall, my initial goal. Cause in the beginning, I just wasn't sure how specific to get. Yeah. Um, now, as far as like what's happening now, or if I've achieved that, that kind of thing, or just well, all of the above. So I think, you know, one thing I just want to point out is I loved your question to my question, which is monetary or both, right? Monetary or other. And mm -hmm. both of those are so important. It is important to have a specific, like, measure of how your business is doing and how you're doing, but that's not everything. It's why you're doing it. Like you mentioned. So, okay. So you wanted to hit 10 K a month on the monetary side yeah. and you just want to impact people. You want to make sure that people are living, that they're not going through what you went through. And so let, let's go to the monetary side now. So are you, have you hit that? When did you hit that 10 K month? So for the first time ever in my life, in my 32 years of being on this planet, <laughs> Uh, last month, June, I actually went over my goal. I hit 12K. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being in shock and breaking down into tears and then going back into shock. And it was just the cycle. And I remember telling my mom and she was excited and I was excited. And I was like, well, I don't, what do I do? <laughs> I wasn't even sure what to do because I'm I'll like, it's never happened before. What do I do? I remember you even asked me like, how are you going to celebrate? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Go to the beach. going to celebrate. That's how, but it took me a little bit to figure that out. <laughs> so I, 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 I did it. Yeah. I, I hit my goal. And, and it's, and I know it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And that's, and you hit it before the year mark. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I hit it before the year mark. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy, Sarah. It's, oh. yeah. 
it was it's crazy how much things can change so quickly and you know I do want to just give you some credit because you've gone through a lot this year you also lost your brother and mm-hmm. you went through a lot and you're you know you work through that very very diligently and a lot of deep work that goes into and this is again with coaching it's being able to go into that dark place is really through the darkness is where the light is it's not the opposite end and if there's anybody in our program that's able to do that it's you you're really really like willing to go do that work for yourself so it's crazy how fast you turned around and so let's look back a few months right what was what was going on in your business a few months ago well a few months ago uh that's my my brother passed because he passed in march and i remember february was actually shaping up to be looking like it was 10k because mm-hmm. i was i think i hit close to the 6k mark at that point and i was like cool i got this and then march came and then my brother passed and so march and april and a good chunk of may i just i didn't do anything and luckily you know with the grace that you gave me as well as the rest of the hic fam and just going through my barrier breakthrough sessions and whatnot I really feel like all of that, in addition to just support from family and friends, it really helped place those things in, in, in a way where I was like, okay, I have all of the support. I have everything, all the systems put into place. It's just, man, my heart is breaking. Like, how do I, how do I work through this? And I, I think a big part of it is just that, that grace that everyone gave me and that grace that I gave myself too, because I'm the kind of person that when I'm still for too long, I feel like I'm not doing enough, which that's something I'm working through as well. But I just, I knew with this, I was like, no, Sarah, like we need to give ourselves grace too. And, and understanding that sometimes we're going to go through difficult things and it's okay to take some time. It's okay to figure out how to put the pieces back together because the support is there and it's, it's okay. It's okay. And I think it took me just having to say that to myself every day, all day, like, Hey, it's okay to take our time. It's all good. We have a support system. But when, when we are having a day where we, even if it's just sending out one message, then do that. That's okay. Don't put that pressure on yourself to have to go right back to what you were doing before the loss. And so I, I think that was a big part of it, just giving myself grace. And so, you know, let, let's say there's anybody who's listening to this, that's going through the same thing or something similar, or whether it's loss or just grief or any hard situation, what, you know, going through that yourself with your, your two dads and your brother, what advice would you give to them? Whew. Uh, you know, something that also this same friend told me, she should become a coach. (laughs) 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 I wish still her that something that she told me, she's like, you know, don't mourn twice. And I always thought, well, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? And the way she described it was, you know, a lot of times when we're going through really challenging periods in our life, whether it's losses through a death or separations or anything, loss of health, loss of a job, we get into this place where we feel like the universe is constantly pretty much shatting on us. And it's like, okay, what next? What next? And we already start anticipating all the the negative things, all the things that could continue to happen that are going to continue to keep us stuck. And it's almost like we're, we're mourning and we're grieving all of these negative things before they even happen, because they might not, they might never happen. And so I remember when she told me like, don't mourn twice, don't mourn, like don't grieve twice. Don't grieve this other thing that may never happen. 
that I want to give that advice from the standpoint of even though there might be things going on in your life right now where you feel like, man, universe, give me a break. I just want to encourage those of you to just kind of reframe that, switch that and say, you know what? I don't understand why some of these things may be happening, but there's always something to learn of it. And there's a growing experience. There's something to always learn from it. Like, do I still wish my fathers were here? Of course, my brother, of course, as of course I do. But I look back at those times in my life and I see how much growth I've come through and just the lessons I've learned, the resiliency and the strength. And just knowing that I can take all of those things that just seem like sheer devastations and they can be learning lessons, not only for me, but I can pass that on to other people. Cause you just never know whose life you're going to make an impact on and you can relate to them from that standpoint. And we're all social beings. We're meant to socialize with each other. We're meant to connect. And so now all these things that, that happen in, in your life that might seem just devastating. Yes. I'm not saying that it's not hard, but I always try to look for the silver linings because there's always silver linings in everything everything and there's always lessons to learn and this the resiliency and the love and the strength that can come from that people see that in you and then they're inspired and they're encouraged and it's just this domino effect of just love and i know that probably sounds cheesy too but i don't care <laughs> so so that's i mean that that's that's what i would want to share with everybody yeah you're a very inspiring person sarah you're a very very strong person i appreciate and I know that even when i'm talking to you on the calls you're inspiring me just by doing you just being yourself so thank you for sharing that with us and i want to ask you so this is let's let's do two more questions here okay so let's say i'll say i'm trying to think which ones to say for last <laughs> you're like which one <laughs> okay so let's say somebody is starting their coaching journey mm -hmm. and they're completely fresh they don't know what they're doing what did what advice do you have for them Don't give up when it's getting hard because it's always when you're on the verge of saying like, this is not working. This was a waste of time. I can't believe I'm doing this. No one supports me. It's always when you're on the tip of just saying, screw it, that that's when you're about to have your biggest breakthrough. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with me. I was, I had these points in my coaching just in the last year where I thought, is this worth it? I've already spent all this money. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And just when I was ready to just throw in the towel, man, these breakthroughs would come about. And then it would remind me like, this is why, this is why, because anything worth having and anything worth doing isn't always going to come easy because again, there's like, there's no growth in things. If it's always easy, the growth only occurs when you're, you're being pushed up against the wall or there's resistance there. Cause you have to learn how to work through that it's always given to you there's there's nothing to learn and then what's the what's the fun in that so that's what i would tell somebody yeah that's that's awesome and it's yeah if anybody knows that you know that and it's like you said we we call it the pit of despair here right so we have that yeah. you know, module where we call it the pit of despair and you're like oh this sucks like this, nothing's happening and then you went through that you literally went through that and then you had the best month you've ever had because you you persevered and you put in that hard work and so this next question, last question could be the same answer. It doesn't have to be. What advice would you have given yourself? So let's say you're, you're <laughs> coach. It's your first day of HIC. You're here. What advice do you give yourself? Oh, okay. 
So the advice that I would give myself is accountability because I don't know about anyone else out there watching or listening, but I've always been that person that said, I got this, I can do this on my own. I don't need help from anybody because I don't, I either don't want to burden anybody or I can just do it on my own and that's fine. And something that I would have liked to have told myself earlier is get into accountability groups. Don't be afraid to reach out to your coaches. Don't be afraid to shoot emails. You're, they're there for a reason. And just having that accountability, having those people around you when you're starting something new that seems very foreign and causes possible anxiety and uncertainties, it's so helpful when you can surround yourself with people who have been there and who are doing it and are continuing to do it and be badass at it because it provides that motivation and the inspiration and the encouragement. And I know without that, I would not be where I am today. So accountability, just surrounding yourself with people who want to be where you want to be. Yes. That's why it's so important to be a part of a community, to have people checking up on you. And, you know, Xander, you can ask Xander guys, if you want, he pays like tens of thousands of dollars a year in accountability. It's so, even if you know exactly what you have to do, it's just having that is so powerful. So thank you for that, Sarah. And yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you for just opening up and and sharing about your own journey. And so if somebody wanted to learn more about you, if they wanted to learn more about your, you know, grief recovery, how could, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, I have a website and you can reach me at sarahthegriefcoach.com. Website, I, I have a personal Facebook as well, same, you know, facebook.com slash Sarah, the grief coach. So all, all one word. And I have a grief and loss support group that I've also created for those who have lost people to a death or anyone that's going through a separation, estrangement, loss of physical health, anything like that. And everyone and anyone's welcome. And so that, that would probably be the best way to reach me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for this, Sarah. Thank you for coming on and just dropping some, some knowledge and sharing your own journey so i appreciate this opportunity just thank you this is this has been awesome so i I hope i hope anything i've said resonates with someone out there (laughs) resonated with me so if nobody else got it i got it perfect we're good (laughs) you next time okay all right sounds good bye all right bye